Do you feel stuck in your life, career, or business? And are you ready to take things to the next level? If we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is David Trotter, and I'm a transformation coach passionate about helping people just like you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals. My superpower is helping people experience tremendous breakthroughs in a short period of time. If you give me 12 weeks, I'll help you launch that new project, go after that better job, or overcome that challenge in your business. To find out how I can help you, head on over to insporising.com slash coach. That's insporising.com slash coach. You can sometimes feel very trapped when you're living in your comfort zone. So yeah, a comfort zone for me is not a, is not a safe place. Welcome to Inspiration Rising. My name is David Trotter, and I'm a business growth consultant. I'm passionate about helping business owners just like you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals, all without the paralyzing overwhelm, feeling all alone, or wondering what the heck to do next. I'm a former pastor and a serial entrepreneur who's passionate about personal growth because that's what's helped me cultivate peace in my life and empowered me to love my amazing wife, Laura, of 26 years and our two almost grown kids. So if you're all about business, personal growth, and peace in your life, you're in the right place. I'm super glad that you're here. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Inspiration Rising. Dave Trotter here, your host, and I'm honored that you would spend a few minutes of your week with me. Hey, you know, in preparation for introducing our guest today, my mind was taken back to 1989. Yes, long time ago, long time ago. I was 16 years old, and my family and I were packing all of our belongings up in Kentucky to move to California. Yes, because my parents had a vision of starting a church in the area where my dad had finished his high school years. And I was very popular in Kentucky the last two weeks, let me tell you, because I was moving to California, the land of beaches and babes. And oh, yeah, it was going to be amazing. I showed up and we moved to this town called Lodi. Lodi is pretty much more known for cows and vineyards. I did not write home and tell them that there were no beaches or babes. I just kind of was like, "Eh, yeah, it's great. Well, one of the biggest challenges that I had in moving to a foreign country, I'm telling you, California is a foreign country compared to Kentucky. You should know that I had an accent. I dressed different. I had different interests. How was I going to find friends? How was I going to connect? It was really hard. That was one of the hardest summers of my life is making this transition. Now, Imagine that you're actually moving to a foreign country and you don't know anyone. How are you going to develop relationships? How are you going to ask people where to get your oil changed, where to find the organic produce that you want, where to find a deal on, right, fill in the blank? Well, it's difficult. Our guest today, Allie Meehan, she had this experience over and over again because she traveled the globe for her job. And so she uh, went to all these different places. She had to develop new friendships. And when she finally landed in Spain, she thought to herself, you know, I should really do something about this, not just for me, but for the thousands of other women who moved to Spain or are planning to move to Spain, and they need friendship and support. So she launched a social networking community called Costa Women. 
Costa Women. And it is now the largest social networking community online for women living in or planning on moving to Spain. Amazing that she's been able to meet this need not only for herself, but for thousands of other women. So I think you're going to find this conversation very fascinating because it will give you a glimpse into not only how we need community, but what would it look like for you to build a business around creating community for other people around a specific niche or a specific interest? You may already have an interest or a niche that you are so passionate about. And if you thought about what would it look like for me to create community around that and serve those people and actually cultivate a business out of it, Ali Meehan is going to inspire you. All right. Hey, by the way, if you enjoyed this episode or any of the episodes you listen to on Inspiration Rising, will you please spread the word? That is the number one way where people, how people find out about our podcast is by you simply going, hey, have you heard about Inspiration Rising? Pulling out your phone, showing them the the, uh, logo, tell them, hey, open up your podcast app. Come on, search for Inspiration Rising, hit subscribe. You're going to love this. Check out Allie Meehan. She's she's an incredible woman. You got to listen to this episode. Hey, that would be an amazing thing if you would be willing to do that because that is one of the ways that people find out about our show. All right. Hey, let's jump into this conversation with Allie Meehan. Well, Allie, thanks so much for taking time to hang with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. It's very exciting to be here. Yeah. You have such a fascinating um, story. I think it's, I mean, I know there are a lot of people like you that travel the globe and work in different places, but that's not the majority of people, right? That's a that's a smaller segment of our world's population. And so maybe if you wouldn't mind, just give us a little bit of your journey of all the places you've worked and what you've done and what led you to live in Spain. Sure. I mean, I, th- I think we all have a choice, don't we? So <laughs> my choice was to do a lot of traveling. So I've lived in Aus- Australia initially. That was my first foray into living overseas. And um, did manage to get a job there and worked there for a while. But then my father had Alzheimer's. So I ended up coming back to England and spending more time with him. Um, and then that just really set about, about a, an interest in different cultures, although my parents had lived overseas. So that was probably in the blood, as it were, <laughs> or in my DNA. Um, to live overseas. So um, they'd lived in various different countries. But um, from coming back to England after living in Australia, I actually got headhunted for a job that was as an export manager. So I ended up traveling all sorts of different places as an export manager as part of my job, including back to Australia and New Zealand, but other parts of the globe as well, and really enjoyed that. And then my following uh, that was for a glass wholesaler so we sold container glass uh, around the world and then got um, another position but this time with business development consultants in the oil and gas industry in the Middle East so um, the first day of my working with that particular company we had this lovely office in a very nice part of the UK in Surrey the very first day, the big boss came in who owned the company and fired the man that had just hired me within five minutes of my no arrival. Way. And he had this was 2000, so this was really early on because he'd just been to an e business seminar that said going forward, nobody's going to work in offices, everybody's going to work from home. That was 2000, so that was a very foresighted of him. And he just said, We're going to close this office. 
If you want to stay on and help us close the office, you can do that. So <laughs> I haven't got anything else to do. So I stayed on and then started saying, can I go for job interviews? And he said, no, we want you to stay on with the company. You've got to work for, from home. Um, I'll make you a director. And, and then we took it from there. Um, so I was probably one of the first people in my town to have um, a dial-up connection. I don't know if you remember that, that awful noise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> that horrible noise it used to make. Um, and just started working from home for the company who were based mainly in Dubai. We were one of the first companies in Dubai, Internet City. Dubai created like um, micro cities for businesses so that you could, they were free zones. So you didn't actually have to have a local Emirati or uh, Arab person as a sponsor. So we started the company there. And then just traveled out there four times a year. Um, met my husband, who wasn't my husband, obviously, but met my husband, um, and he was already living in Spain. So I just said, can I move my home base to Spain? And they said, yes. And then they said, they, you know, we want you to move out to the Middle East. So we both moved out to the Middle East um, and lived there for nearly five years. And then things started changing globally. Um, we made a decision to leave the Middle East and, and resign from our both of our job positions that we had. Um, but then decided that uh, a friend of ours said, could we help him with his business in Thailand? So we moved to Thailand and lived there for nearly a year in Phuket um, before coming back to Spain again. So Spain, we've been back since 2010 in Spain. And that really is... <laughs> my roller coaster work journey, but very much staying open to job opportunities and to things that come up all the time. Um, in fact, when we ended up moving to the Middle East, they asked me to move out there and I really didn't want to do it. Um, but my husband was reading this wonderful book, Who Moved My Cheese? I don't know sure, if you've sure. read it. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, so he was reading that book at the time and said, you know, someone's moved our cheese, let's go and find it. So that's what we did. So we went to find um, the cheese in the Middle East. And funny enough, we were on a, it was, we were on a, um, a Chiringuiti on the beach. So uh, we were at beach bar. And behind the, the desk of the, the beach bar, they had who moved my cheese in Spanish <laughs> at the same time. So there was a bit of a sign. But that's yeah, so it, fun. yeah. But I think it's always staying open to opportunities and not saying no immediately. Um, just giving things a go because what's the worst that can happen? I love the the very first thing that you said was it really is a choice what we want to do with our lives or where we want to live. And I think that so many of us have these limiting beliefs, right? These limiting thoughts that think, well, I've always grown up here. I probably should just live here. Um, and that's in a town, you know, or, or I don't have the education to do that, or I've never been there before, or what if something happens, or, you know, my family doesn't do that type of thing, or, uh, yeah, I mean, geez, the list goes on of all the limiting beliefs. Yeah. Um, yeah. If somebody, if somebody has, like, let's just say a lack, I mean, because the jobs that you're talking about are not, they, I mean, they don't see like, seem like simple jobs here, right? You know what I mean? Like, these are not things that people are just... Uh, easily applying for it. You had to work your way into these positions in different ways. Yeah. Um, I mean, what are your, what are your thoughts for all those, all those limiting beliefs or lies that people are believing about 
staying stuck, you know what I mean? In yeah. the location and or job that they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the world is changing. We've certainly seen that in the last year and a half, haven't we? How differently the world is changing and how many more people are actually able to go online and, and work from anywhere in the world. Um, and I think it's having that mindset that says, um, I'm not going to live with that fear anymore that I can't do something. Um, and taking the word can't out of your dictionary almost um, and saying, well, let me try it. My husband and I have this thing where um, if we, we're facing something that's slightly daunting, we say, well, look in the mirror and say to yourself, what's the worst thing that can happen? And that's never as bad. The worst thing that can happen never happens, does it? It's always a huge fear that we have that something terrible is going to happen. And it very rarely, if never, happens as bad as we imagine it to be. Um, so it's it's accepting that, because a, a comfort zone is not a safe place to be. Nothing ever happens to you when you're living in your comfort zone. It's It's not... And it's not necessarily a comfortable place to be. You can sometimes feel very trapped when you're living in your comfort zone. So, yeah, a comfort zone for me is not a, is not a safe place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love worst case uh, planning. Um, some people hate that, but I just love asking my clients that. Like, okay, let's talk about what's the absolute worst case scenario. Well, usually it comes down to I'll be destitute in my car or something. <laughs> it's yeah. just like the yeah. absolute worst. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so do you have any family members that you could live with if you really got down that low? Yeah. Or will our friends? <clears throat> okay, great. Do you think you won't have any way to make money at all? Like you, well, no, I'm sure I could get a job at like Starbucks or a grocery store. Okay, great. So yeah. that's, so it's really not yeah. that bad, is it? <clears throat> you know? Yeah. Yeah, and you've, uh, you've still got the car to live in. It would be really bad if you lost the car. <laughs> so you still have got ways to make money. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you have so many opportunities. Yeah, yeah. And and really it becomes, oftentimes it seems like a, a, a question of values. What do you value more? Because let's just say your family lives in a certain place and you go, well, I don't want to move away from my family. I go, okay, well, do you value living closer to your family than you know, having this other experience and it's not right, wrong, good or bad. It's just more of going, what do you value more of? Or can you have, can you have maybe a taste of each that you could go live somewhere else for a a portion of of time and then come back and your, you know, your family, obviously I'm not talking about your husband and kids talking maybe (laughs) 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 that's a different, different conversation. Yeah. I value staying married more than living in yes. Okay, well, that's probably a good idea. Might want to I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think we um, we do have opportunities, and, and it, it isn't right for everybody. You know, there's people that come here on holiday where I live in Spain, and, and they say, but you're so lucky that you get to live this life. But they don't work, realize you actually work pretty hard, um, and you don't have that opportunity to go to the beach every single day whereas they're living a holiday dream. Um, So when they move here, they may think it's going to be just like it was when I was on holiday, and sadly it's not. So there's a bit of a reality check that that comes then when they imagined what it might be like. Um, But it is um, enjoying the experience, it's enjoying the culture, it's enjoying um, being part of something that's much bigger than you. 
but then also realizing this world is actually quite a small place and you quite often bump into people even when you're halfway across the world that you know or they know someone that knows you so um and and when you arrive in a place making start making connections with other locals within the area you know don't don't let yourself get isolated and lonely um you know, immediately start going through Meetup or having a look on on Auntie Google to find you know local connections that or Facebook that you can start connecting in with, so that you aren't on your own. Mm-hmm. Which uh, sounds like kind of the reason why you started the website Coastal Women. So maybe if you could tell us about what is Coastal Women and why did you start this website to begin with. Sure. Um, well, Costa Women's a free website for women that are living in Spain or women that are thinking about moving to Spain. I really started it when we um, came back here in 2010, having seen a couple of models, one in Dubai and one in the Middle East, of women's networks that worked really well. Um, but as a way to make friends, because when I lived here um, initially, it was uh, because I was working from home, it was actually quite hard to make friends. And it was before social media had come along, so there wasn't any Facebook or ways of connecting like that. So it was really quite difficult to connect with other women around in the area. So that was why I decided to create it. Um, And it's just really evolved and grown from there. It's become a very organic growth growth with women recommending it to their friends or um, reading about us in the paper or seeing um, interviews or um you know just finding out what we're what we're doing and like liking what we're doing the events that we host and so when you started in 2010 what was the initial idea what did you start with was it just like a bulletin board kind of like a forum or how did you because it's 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 morphed into something really large now yeah it has yeah so i started it on a platform called ning.com which was a community platform um, and started it using Ning because that was the one that the one in Thailand was on. So I'd seen how they used it and thought, well, that's a good website for community building. Community building then was quite new, 2010, really. There weren't that many community platforms around. Obviously, we're seeing a lot more of them now as a lot more businesses decide that actually it's quite a good thing to have a community platform. So it really was, it was more of a forum-based platform um and originally I thought it was just going to be an online website I didn't imagine that we would start having local events but quite quickly the ladies said well can't we meet up um so we started doing events then and then it's it's grown from there so for instance last year even with the lockdown we still managed to do 230 online events um across you know, it didn't matter where the women were in Spain or whether they hadn't even arrived yet. They could still join in and be part of what we were doing. And those were either business events or social events, um, everything from um, a curry cooking class and Pilates online to um, business networking with um, women in other parts of the world as well. We did one. We've, we've been doing one every month for the last three years with the Women's Network in New York City. Um, so those continued regardless of any lockdowns or COVID happening. So um, it really has morphed from the original Ming platform. I then put it on something called Social Engine, um, which again is very similar to Ning, 
Um, but I'm now looking at maybe moving it to Mighty Networks or Circle.so. I'm just evaluating the two platforms because they have more of an app functionality, which most people are getting used to now, aren't they, with um, technology? Mm-hmm. And so uh, the the point, it sounds like it's much more um, relational oriented, either for people who live in Spain or they're thinking about moving to Spain. Um, are there business collaborations that happen because of it? Or is it really just focused on kind of common interests? Like, I mean, I, what are some of the common interests, I don't know, that people connect around? Yeah, so we, it's both. Because women, I don't believe we're defined by our businesses. So I try to get them to... Uh, to join in the social parts as well, because people buy from people they know, like, and trust, don't they? Especially overseas, because that can be even more daunting when you're buying a service from somebody who you're in a completely different country. That can be quite challenging. Um, So it's very much around relationships, because businesses are built around around relationships. Um, But on the social side, uh, golf is a great one, women that play in golf or reading. Um, We've got a very active book club. In fact, the book club um, were members, were the first members of Costa Women. Um, They were a book club that I was going to, and I asked them if they would join the website and try it out, and they were the very first members. So that's been going since the beginning. So that's 10 years that's been going. And it's just whatever... um, communities the women want to build you know like niche communities within the whole um element of cost women they they're very welcome to build their own little niches and for women to come along and join them mm-hmm. but there's a lot of collaboration particularly with women that are just moving to spain and maybe they're they're launching a new product or service within spain that they maybe they've had it before in their own country or they've never had a business before um, so there's that space for them to do that as well and to get support around those, uh, you know, around their businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if someone's listening and, and thinks, wow, I, I've been, you know, maybe I've got a Facebook group uh, around my business or around maybe it's just a, a common interest. Um, what would be the value of creating something off of, you know, Facebook or Instagram to, to create something like Costa Women, um, what would be the value of that? You know what I mean? Versus versus yeah. Facebook. We don't own Facebook data. <laughs> so it's very simple. Um, if Facebook decide one day that not to shut you down, that they're going to shut you down, you've lost, you've lost it. You've lost all of your followers. You've lost all of your community. You've lost everything. And it's happening quite frequently at the moment. Nobody seems to know why. Um, but I've got quite a few friends who it's happened to in the in the last few days. Um, you know, they've lost their business pages, they've lost their profile, and then they're having to start from scratch again. So actually, my top tip at the moment for everybody is get another administrator onto your page, um, someone that's not may not necessarily be connected to you, but that can just be there. So that if Facebook closes your personal profile down, you haven't lost your group and your business page because they're connected to it as well. Um, but, yeah, the fact that social media, we don't own any of the platforms, so you're much better off having your own website with the community there. So what we do, we do have a lot of Facebook groups. We have 38 because we have one for each of the regions that we're in um, because people are still mainly on Facebook. Um, it's beginning to change a bit as more community platforms are coming up, but people still like 
you know, they're on Facebook every day for whatever reason. So it's just easier if we're still there as well. Um, but don't, so what we do is we actually, when they ask to join the group, we say, I have you registered on the website first. And then once they register on the website, we, they, they can come and join the group. Um, and that's the easiest way around it so that we haven't lost them as a member. And mm. I'm seeing quite a lot over the, since um, the last 18 months, I'm seeing quite a lot of women that are leaving social media for whatever reason. So they've still got the website that they can uh, engage with and find out the events as well. So that we haven't lost them as members. Mm-hmm. And that's the challenge that I hear from people is like, well, people are already on Facebook. So why should I have my own membership platform? What What's the percentage of interaction or content would you say for coastal women that's on Facebook versus your own website? It's there's a lot more on Facebook um, and even more on Instagram. Um, Twitter is my favorite platform. Um, but really, but I've discovered that most of my members aren't really using it. So you have to go where your members are. Um, but it's just to have a backup plan. So the interaction is high, much higher on Facebook because that's where the ladies are. Mm-hmm. But I do try and encourage them to post the same content on the website for the women that aren't on Facebook. Um, and then, and also um, the blog and the events are available out. They don't need to register on the website to sit, to read the blogs or look at the events. So they can add their own events to the website. So they're not restricted then um, to people that can, are just members. Anybody then can see it. And we have very good um, SEO because we've been around for 10 years. So it's worth them adding their blogs and, and then we share them on social media. Mm-hmm. Do you have courses on the website or is it mainly just interaction? No, we have courses, um, events, classifieds, jobs, um, groups, all sorts of different things. Yeah. So a real gambit of very like Facebook really, but a real gambit of everything. And what are the courses related to uh, like how to interact in Spain or how to move there or is it more yeah, interest-based? Yeah. No, there's things like um, moving to Spain. I've, I've got a my own uh, website that I set up a few years ago called um, Spain Expo, which was set up with a friend of mine who wanted to move to Spain and she had lots of questions. So she said, let's create our own online course. I get my questions answered and then we've got a, a platform at the end of it. So that's one platform that we've created um, then I myself have got a coaching business. So I've got my coaching courses on there, which are around growth. I know that you're a growth coach. Um, so they're around women, particularly helping them to grow their businesses. And then the members can add their own events um, and they promote their courses that maybe they're running. So we've done all sorts of courses like Facebook courses, Twitter. We're just about to um, hear from somebody about TikTok none of us are sure whether we should be there, but apparently their video functionality is really good. So even if you don't use it as a platform, using to download the videos is, is well worth it. Um, Clubhouse, we haven't really gone to yet because we've got a lot of members that have got Androids rather than um, iPhone. So once they develop it a bit further, then maybe we'll go to Clubhouse. But it really is 
And that's the same with any business. There's no point in you using a particular platform if your customers aren't using it. As much as you might love it as a platform, it's just going to be a waste of your time. Sure, sure. Uh, you mentioned that you have your own uh, business coaching or consulting business in addition to Coastal Women. Um, is that because you are passionate about that or it's just a matter of kind of monetization? You need both of those things in your in your life? No, it's a real passion of mine because I can see I've obviously had a long um, career um, and different lots of different experiences. And I can I think it's a waste not to use the skills that I've learned and pass them on to women um, who are just maybe starting out their own businesses. Um, and one thing I see, particularly at the moment, everybody's leaping on this course creation idea and maybe monetizing a, you know, a hobby and putting everything online, but without actually looking first to see if they've got a concept that people want to buy. Um, so what we, with the course that um, I run um, through Avenue, we actually get women to find their audience first, so really know who their niche is first, and then ask their niche what they're looking for, and then um, ask them questions around, you know, would you be prepared to pay for that particular service, and then build the platform, then build, build the course. So reverse engineer it, really, because... Mm -hmm. You could, and, and women are particularly bad at, at launching websites because they want it to look 100% correct and all the buttons to be working. And it, you know, they're more concerned about the color of the logo than they are actually about who their ideal client is. Mm. So it's really um, reversing it and, and spending time understanding what your customers' pain points are and then building something that meets those pain points. Mm -hmm. Uh, you said this course is through Avenue, which I had not uh, known about this company um, prior to meeting you. Tell me a little bit more about that and how you're connected to it. Sure. So Avenue was created by a lady called Tina Villan. She's um, originally from Finland, but she lives in Sweden with her family. And she created it pure, uh, exactly what I was just saying um, for having a concept that sells. She was actually working. She had her own interior design business. And people loved the way that she was marketing her interior design business and started asking her if, they, if she could help them with their marketing. So that she um, then got their feedback on what they wanted and then started creating the courses based on what they were looking for. So that was why she created Avenue as a coaching business um, because she was really building it with what, whatever people were asking her to, to, to deliver. Mm -hmm. So that's how it started. Yeah, And then there are kind of Avenue certified coaches like yourself yeah. that then offer other services. Yeah. Yeah. She, um, we, we, um, we all obviously, there's all sorts of different courses that we can deliver. Um, we've got circles now as well. So women can join in the membership on a, um, and, um, we, um, host like an implementation lab so they can learn how to, learn new skills and then um there's all sorts of different bits it's growing um quite rapidly at the moment to meet the need of what's happening in the market mm -hmm. um one of the things that um that i know you're passionate about is is kind of long-term planning like looking at okay where is where is my business where is my uh market 
moving. Um, why is that? Well, I guess I shouldn't say why is that important to you, but more of like, how have you utilized that approach to long-term planning, both in Coastal Women and maybe in your coaching business? And how's that been helpful for you? So I think if you've got a, a vision for where you're going, you're more likely to get there. Whereas if you're just being reactive on a day-to-day basis and just meeting the, the crisis that's happening on a day-to-day basis, then you're less likely to actually get to a goal at the end of the day. For instance, a to-do list isn't really something that we can be working off because it's it's not in an order of, of preference. You, it doesn't give you a set time by which you've got to finish the list. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can have rocks, stones and pebbles, which is one way of of breaking up your to-do list, but it still doesn't give you a deadline by which time you've got to finish certain tasks. So I think it's really crucial to have, um, as part of the the course that I do, as part of the Activate course, we actually set out what your, we work together to work out what your 10-year um, goal is going to be and it may be that in 10 years you want to have sold the business and maybe you're going to be a creative director of the business and have more of a backseat but if you know that's you're going to be your end goal then you can work back and then um, work out the vision for three to five years and then um, with that work out what your goals for for the year are going to be and then work back to that for 90 days what your 90 day planning is going to be. Mm-hmm. Now, if somebody says, man, I don't know what the market's going to do in the next even five years, uh, this feels overwhelming to think about, you know, 10 years, I'm just trying to pivot based on what happens in the market in the next, you know, 90 days. Like how, how what is your response to that? I, I think, I mean, this last, um, the last year has shown people that it is difficult to know what's going to happen. But people, at the end of the day, they've gone back to buying. There may have been a a gap when they weren't buying products or services, but they've gone back to buying. And you can always, um, you obviously have a long, you do have a 10-year goal, but you're not saying, you know, on this date, this will have happened. So you can adapt it, to what's happening in the marketplace. And if you know that in 10 years you want to sell the business, that isn't reliant on what's happening in the in the global world economy. Mm-hmm. You know that in 10 years you want to have retired mm-hmm. or be a creative director. So within the next nine years, you can then work out how you're going to actually be able to develop that. Mm-hmm. So I think it is possible, but it's actually having that end goal in sight that you know that there's going to be something at the end of it that you want to work towards, maybe an income goal, maybe a um, um, maybe you want to move to another country in ten years. I mean, that could be a goal that you work on, and that that the the business then needs to facilitate you being able to do that. Mm-hmm. What what is your ten year goal? Let's just say for Coastal Women, what are you working toward? Yeah, I think I will be, um, it probably will have moved on to someone much younger um, because in 10 years' time, I will be um, at the stage where the, the world is, I think the world is going to start changing quite quickly now. So I think to keep up to date with all the new platforms and um, um, social media type platforms because I'm sure there's going to be some new platforms that they're going to start creating that will overtake Facebook. Um, 
I would still like to be a creative director. I'm very, I love creating things. I love creating paper products, even though we're in a, um, an IT world. I still love creating paper products. I created um, a planner um, every year for the last four years. So, um, but I think probably more the creative director role and have young people that are actually managing it and, and enjoying, you know, the experience and learning. That's great. That's great. Um, so let's just go back. Uh, one last question. Um, if if someone's listening and they're thinking, okay, yes, I do have this dream that involves something that's far beyond where I'm at now. You know, it's moving to another country. It's having this different job. It's having this different financial. Um, and you're saying to me, it's just a choice. I feel so overwhelmed by the choices. Where do I start? Where do I start in even heading down that path? So I think um, take small steps. Um, like I'm saying about the 10-year goal, you could have a, a goal for like five years. This is what I want to do. This is where I want to be living. But you can gradually start moving towards those steps. So um, make yourself open to opportunities happening. Um, start putting feelers out particularly if you're thinking about moving to another country, say you could start making connections already in that country and find out if there are opportunities for you, for what you do, whether your business would succeed there. Um, if you've got children, find out about the schooling within that, um, within that country and just start putting the feelers out. There's nothing that, that won't cost you anything, you know, to actually start doing the research. And I think research is really important and a much underused tool by many people. Um, it's very important to know what it's going to be like when you do, say, move overseas or move up to the next level with a career. Um, so I think it's really good to do that research. Podcasts are brilliant. Books are brilliant. Um, all different ways of learning what, what it could be like with what, where you're thinking of going with your life and your business. It's literally easier than it's ever been to do any of those yeah. things because we have just the internet right at our fingertips of people explaining where it is or connecting with people. You could talk to 20 people in the town you were thinking about moving to via Zoom for free. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. We, we were saying um, yesterday, actually, that we can remember when we were younger, if you wanted to find out something, you probably had to go and look in the Encyclopedia Britannica um, to find out information or go to the library. Now you just pick up your phone and, and put in a question and it's your answer's there. It's absolutely so, amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I think technology is going to improve more and more. So I think this is, you know, it's you can see how much has been developed over the whole last 18 months. So I'm sure there's going to be huge developments going forward. Mm-hmm. You mentioned a course that you teach online called Activate Your Growth. Uh, yeah. Tell me about that course and who that would be a good fit for. So it's a um, it's a four week course, um, but it's only two hours a week, and it's mainly aimed at women that are um, have already got the seed of an idea for their business and are, are thinking about launching it, or they've launched it and they really want to put in place a structure for their business. Maybe they're feeling a bit overwhelmed with what's happening at the moment and they need to really get back to basics and, and put in place a structure for their business. And um, 
put in place rituals. I don't by rituals I don't mean sitting around a campfire burning a candle. I mean uh, weekly rituals that they can put in place for their business to know whether their business is is successful. To know whether they're bringing in money. If they're not bringing in money, how how can they fix it um, before it gets too much of a snowball and they've gone too far and it's really difficult to to pull it back. Awesome. So it's called Activate Your Growth. And the link uh, for everyone listening is in the show notes. So you can either swipe up on your phone and you'll find the link there, or you can go to our website, insporising.com slash Ali Meehan, and you'll find the links uh, there as well. So Ali, thank you so much for taking time to share your story. Super inspiring all that you've been able to do and all literally thousands of women are benefiting from your work. And uh, so thank you so much. Thank you, David. Thanks for having me. Hey, congrats on listening to another episode of Inspiration Rising. Why congrats? Because you're pouring education and inspiration into your mind and heart. And that's something we all need if we're going to grow our businesses and reach our goals in life. Now, if you enjoy Inspiration Rising, do us a favor. Share it with a friend. Take a screenshot of your favorite episode and text it to them. Tell them to search for Inspiration Rising on their favorite podcast app and click subscribe. I want you to know today that you're inspired, empowered, and loved. Not because of the way you feel or what anyone else says about you, but because that's your true identity.